the magnetism between us. The mic. Growing stronger, stronger. Why don't we do it? I was in the case. Mike on the mic. Mike. 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 Mike's here. Mike's on the mic. <laughs> Hey, my uh, name's Dave. Dave. Okay. Uh, I think this is probably as good as it's going to get. Uh, and we'll just take it from there. Okay. All right. Well, All right. you're on. Hello, listener. Welcome to Well, That's New, a podcast where we discuss random things from the official source we weren't allowed to use in high school, Wikipedia. My name is Andrew, uh, but you can call me Grau, and uh, I'm here with my co-host, Aaron, but you can call him Mr. Bitches, because that's did what you, it is in my phone. It, did you almost forget to put our names in the title? No. I was just being a dingus. Oh, I, yeah. I saw it like your eyes glaze over <laughs> just for a second, and you're like, wait, I need to get back into this universe. I was, I was on planet Grau. And it was a long. Uh, it was just a long day at work. It's like, man, like as much as as much as I love working with creative people, creative people sometimes are really bad at organizing shit. And like, I came in and Less, I was getting yeah. emails all Saturday and Sunday. I'm like, guys, I'm not gonna answer your fucking emails on the weekend. Like, you're not. No one pays me that much for that. You know, literally zero people ha- have been able to. <laughs> it's just. Uh... However, I, I can I can start off if you want. Sounds great. Let's roll on in. This is the shortest intro we've ever done because I had to check the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I probably didn't have to do that, but that's but that that's just the way it is. Uh, hold on one second. I know you're just looking at this. I'm just on. A, I'm not on my. We're not screen. talking about the Monte Cristo again. Close that. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> That's a, that's a maybe. So we are actually, uh, believe it or not, I actually have um, my my articles kind of worked out to a little bit of a theme today. Whoa! Uh, this is this. So this first topic that we're talking about is called Bana, okay. and um, basically it's a one act monologue Sanskrit play. Basically, well, so in the Vedic in Vedic literature, let's just hover over Vedic, see what that means. Vedic is a large text or a large body of religious text originating in ancient India, composed in Vedic Sanskrit. The texts con- uh, constitute like the oldest layer of Sanskrit literature uh, and the oldest scriptures of Hinduism. Yeah, I, I've I've vaguely heard about that before, just from knowing people that do like yoga and stuff like that and all that good sure. stuff. It's it's all in the mix. It's in the mix. So basically, what Bana is um, just it's just ref referencing to singing, dancing, music, and entertaining performances by professionals, or as they would say back in the day, a gig. All right, so I think where we left left off is that, uh, sorry, I got distracted by, uh, I never follow Twitch streamers, but this person was a good looking, so I was like, well, all right. Hmm. Um, anyway. So, anyway, back to the Bana. So basically, Bana's like, uh, it's part of the Vedic literature uh, in Hinduism, and it just references singing, dancing, music, and entertained performance by professionals. So, gigs, a.k.a. Big Apples, as they would say. That's why, that's why the New York is called a Big Apple, because if you got gigs outside of the city, there were small apples, and if you got a gig mm-hmm. in, the, in, in New York City, it was a Big Apple. So, uh, basically, it's just 
dramatic, dramatic hymns enacted by priests. And there's like a ton of different references to uh, like old, uh, old, old plays, Sanskrit plays like the Repentant Gambler, the Frog Play, Yama and Yami. So uh, just apparently as per the rules laid down by the Bharata, which doesn't actually have a link. So I'm just going to go with it. Sure. Uh, in the 4th or 5th century AD, Bana described uh, by him in chapter 19 of the Nataya Satatwunu, Natyasastra, is a monologue spoken by a dissolute hero called Vita. Dialogue is simulated by having the Vita respond to imagined voices or asking questions of unseen characters and repeating their answers to the audience. Barat Bharata insists that plays of this type should contain elements of a kind of dance called the the Asaya or Laisaya, but did not favor the graceful style called Kaski Verti, which means love and gallantry. So we're just going out on a limb and saying that these are just old ass performances during during kind of like important works of like basically plays um kind of like i guess you could even call it like and even the way they're talking about the monologue spoken like to the hero by unseen characters and then relaying it back to the audience that's very much just like monologue in general for like shakespearean play opera so this is kind of like the foundation for that but in india and Mm. those those regions um the Abhinavagupta states that banas are chronicles of prostitutes and men who live by their wit. Me too, am I right? That's right. <laughs> um, and then, I mean, there's not, it's, there's a, so much that you can kind of go into here because uh-huh. I don't actually know so much at all about Sanskrit anything. Mm-hmm. Um, Basically, there's 11 genres of the Sanskrit dramas, and Bana is one of them. Uh, these genres had evolved around different culture, cultural settings uh, to represent diverse patronage. Uh, Bana, like I think in the beginning, said it's a single-act play with two conjectures or standis, uh, the opening and the conclusion. So one-act play, you get in, you get out, you have some musical, you go, hey, 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 man, hey. hey. Uh, 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 let's get let's let's do some yoga over here. Hey, oh, oh. The the term banam refers uh, to the sound ban uttered by Brahmin. That's a lot of brahms and bombs, consisting Brahm-bom. of fight and knowledge and joy. Science uh, and simultaneously speech arose. The arising of speech means creation of the worlds, i.e., act of creation. The Lord Himself is called bana because His form is ba, light and knowledge, na, bliss or joy. So, you know, starting off on a little bit of music stuff, I'm learning quite a bit about uh, Indian literature. I had absolutely no idea. Um, I wonder if, I actually, I wonder if any of this stuff is still kind of like done like as a classical theater over there. I mean, my company deals a lot with Bollywood music and I Mm. deal, and I actually just got two new clients that are um, uh, like one's a Tamil and one's a Hindi, uh, like, record label that just does movie scores and stuff so like mm. i mean i'm I, I, cool stuff i think yeah. yeah just a little well that's new well that's new you know want to want to start it off uh you know a little 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 fun easy one ease us into it you know you can't just uh go in dry well i 
you know what? I'm not going to be fun because we're talking about whatever happened to Baby Jane. Oh, I am. Oh, my God. Have my... you seen this movie? No, but my base mentor named his cat Baby Jane because of this <laughs> film. And he told me straight up, shout out to Bob Saban. He straight up is like, check out this movie. It's really great. So this one's definitely on my list. This definitely goes oh. on to the list of, of movies that I that I want to see and we should recommend. 100%. Well, at least at the moment, uh, some blessed person put it on YouTube. So bless. So, bless. Uh, fantastic movie. Uh, actually, me and my mom just watched it pretty recently and Wow. I wow. I didn't I didn't know what to expect and just wow. The the acting in it is just top notch. It's yeah. Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. Whoa. Both huge actresses in their day. Uh actually I found out there's also a TV show that is about mm. their um their rivalry starting in this movie and like kind of after this movie. Oh, that's interesting. I had no idea about that. Yeah, well, it it almost feels like who is in the movie, who is a better actress? Like there it's like it's like a competition between who can be a better actress during the movie. You don't know what you're saying. Blanche. You aren't ever going to sell this house. And you aren't ever going to leave it. Either. And guess and guess who wins? The audience. The because audience, because everyone audience. everyone's great. Um, <laughs> so it's a mixture of black comedy, camp, and also a creation of a a subgenre called psycho biddy, <laughs> also known as yes. uh, Grand Dame uh, Guignol. I don't know. Hag exploitation Hagsplo- uh, yeah. or hag horror. <laughs> Now, now, uh, I, I looked. I, I already read about this, and basically, it just means when like um, a person is looking after a much weaker person, and usually uh-huh. the person looking after them is crazy. Uh, uh, so that's like its own subgenre. Wasn't uh, there? Wasn't there a move? A really bad M Night Shyamalan movie where yes, like kids probably. go visit the grandparents, and the grandparents are actually escaped mental patients. No, I, well, I mean, maybe. I don't know that one. Um, uh, crap. I think oh, it's called The Visit or something like that. Yeah, that's uh, a bit, that's a bit horror film. That sounds about right. Oh, yeah. That all sounds about right. Um, yeah, so it's a mixture of black comedy camp and uh, the psychobitty drama. I mean, psychobitty subgenre. Uh, it, it got like five uh, nominations. Uh, really only won one for, it was only for costume design and, which is just funny because you're in a black and white movie. You don't really notice the costumes. I mean, maybe they were like, well, it's either this or the naked thing that was that yep. was made this year because it's yep. 1960s. There's three movies that were made. Yeah, exactly. So fuck it. We're, we're going with this one. Um, <laughs> but but uh, yeah, it, so basically it's about um, uh, two sisters. One was the more famous actress when she was a kid. And uh, then as they got older, the other sister uh, was able to make a career because she was also beautiful and had a much better career than her formerly famous sister. 
and mm. her formerly famous sister is crazy. And so she's she not happy with that. She's not happy with that. And basically, there's a thing in the beginning of the movie that the less uh, famous sister ran over the more famous, currently more famous sister, and, and made her crippled. Oh my! Uh, you know, into a wheelchair. So, um, so then basically, the crazy sister is looking after the not crazy uh, um, wheelchair bound woman, and there is lots of. Ugh, so so many jabs, so many microaggressions against each other, and and w- one thing I love in the movie is so like in the room where she is to like call for her sister, she has like a button that she presses that makes this like really awful sound, and oh, it's man. just the, the just every time it rings, you just see the sister get a little crazier. Oh, Every time she presses it, because then, like, oh, whenever she presses that. it, she'll keep pressing it, and we. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, highly I recommend it. Um, it was just uh, a fantastic movie. Uh, I highly recommend it. Um, yeah, it's ju- it's just a classic old horror. It's it's. I guess it would be considered by today's standards. I I don't think people would consider it horror, but I would definitely think it's 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 definitely along the psychological horror and thriller genre. So what what for you makes the delineation between horror and thriller? Because it's so often like these old films that were considered horror are now considered thriller. And I mean, would you even consider, I mean, if you think about it even further in the context of like, okay, the original monster films, while, while they're technically horror, like that's like its whole other genre. And I wouldn't consider those yeah. thrillers. But I then, guess it's hard to for me. I, I guess I have to see. <laughs> I, it's hard for me to define exactly what a thriller means, but I guess it just means like I during this movie uh, there was a very like crazy experience where all these people uh, kept trying to. Well, the sister always kept the one that's wheelchair bound kept trying to like get in contact with people in the outside world and she kept getting thwarted at every turn or sure. it just doesn't work out and you're just like kind of rooting for her but and feel bad for her and uh i don't know it's just there's just like a lot of tension oh my god the tension in this movie is just insane so between these two sisters i guess like, maybe it's the te- it for me i guess yeah. it, it's it, the the use of tension in this movie it's yeah. unbelievable. You almost start laughing because you don't know what to do with the the energy you have built up inside you. Because so, you're just like, oh shit, yeah. this is about to explode. When's that's, it going to explode? That's uh, like 100% how I feel about like Rosemary's Baby. Like that's, I don't even think that's like in my mind. I'm like, that's not a horror film. That's a thriller. It, you like, know what? It would have been horror at the time because they really never saw like devil worship or yeah, yeah crazy yeah. stuff happening with like the uh, the baby chair whatever uh, I I but by today's standards definitely more psych it would more be like psychological fantasy I guess yeah like supernatural thriller yeah exactly so I do love that uh, <laughs> that it's identified as being a cult classic yeah what in your mind do you know it's a cult classic. Like what? Like what do I define as a cult classic, or what are movies that I define as a cult classic? Hmm. Like, are you like, asking me what hmm. what the term means, or like movies that I like that are cult classics? I think more or less like 
Well, cult classic just really means at the time of it coming out, no one cared about it and didn't understand it. And then later people realized, oh, this is actually a great movie for, it was either like ahead of its time or just had the wrong audience and like it needed time to find the audience for itself. would, Would something though coming back into the zeitgeist remove its cult status? I think that's what I was more asking. Cause like, I guess, but I just think it's more defined by that at the t- at when it came out, no one cared and people cared later. So I think that like something like Aqua Teen Hunger Force yeah. is just like, cult, it's just cult fuel. And- well, that's a cult classic just because Adult <laughs> Swim is just a niche audience, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Like it's, I love it, but it's definitely not for everyone. No. And people just think it's just straight up weird instead of hilarious. There's there's definitely I've noticed I've noticed I don't Well it, some people just don't get meta humor and don't find it funny yeah. or just don't get it. And it's like and, and people will say to me like, Oh, I didn't really like Tim and Eric and I'm like, You definitely didn't do enough drugs in college. Like that's just like <laughs> That's just like a hundred percent drugs in college sort it's, of situation. It's, it's then also like you have to love awkward humor. I love awkward humor. <laughs> oh, same. So like you know you have to also like l- like that type of vibe, and also like if we're talking Tim and Eric, you're just talking about just insanity at any turn. Hello, I'm Diarrhea Jones, and the inventor of deep hands. D-pants are protective pants you wear under your trousers to capture and contain your uncontrollable diarrhea. It, and you, you just got, have to roll with it. Because I, I remember I saw, the first time I saw it, I, it, was, it was also a particularly jarring episode. It, it's the one that had those, um, it was, uh, oh, what were they? They, they were, they were, ha- they were ponytails that you can put that you put candy on, and you're just supposed to lick the ponytails oh and you have them attached to your head. Oh my and god! It's candy tails from Cinco Sweet. Pick your flavor: chocolate, strawberry, and caramel. Dip it in the trough. Pour on sprinkles and candy bits. Now sucking on your hair is sweeter than ever. And there's like, oh my god! It was just, it was just, it, it felt like it was yelling at me this particular one and i was just like what am i seeing but i loved it it just like i think that was a particularly harsh one to throw yeah. at someone because there's definitely yeah. like i mean not that all their stuff isn't crazy but there's definitely stuff that you can ease me into it you can, at least it's palatable it's, it's palatable yeah, yeah. It's not Cause, Christmas especially because i yeah. like weird stuff yeah. i just like you know you can't just give me the weirdest thing and deal with it you gotta like, you know, give me like, you know, uh, it's Jackie Chan. You know that that's that sketch. That's a great sketch. It's not Jackie Chan. The award-winning new trivia challenge from Cinco Games. Speed round. Name ten things that aren't Jackie Chan. Yeah, uh, I will. I will for, say for people the... that don't know what that is, it's basically them playing a, a board <laughs> game called It's Jackie Chan, and someone asks them to name seven things that aren't Jackie Chan, and they name <laughs> Jackie Chan, and then. They just hold down a buzzer, a wrong buzzer for like a full minute, or and like, it's, and it's just, uh, and it just looks like it's ruining everyone's life. Yeah, but, like um, those those inf- the infomercial stuff, like that. To that's me, the best. Oh man, like the uh, the apple that puts you to sleep. And yeah, the napple. Napple, napple, napple. Yeah, napple, and they have to wear the diarrhea pants. I'm like, yeah, deep pants, deep pants, deep pants. I'm like, good lord. Yeah. Like, <laughs> These people just don't give a shit, and it's that's what's beautiful about them. And, you know, uh, I feel like if you want to say, like, 
I mean, Tim and Eric is now not mainstream, but they're way more well known since Awesome Show because they yes. do live stuff. They have they've had multiple shows since then. Yeah, um, and they've also they also like they also themselves Eric Wareheim or uh, Tim Heidecker and uh, Eric Wareheim have like been on shows on like actual movies. TV shows and movies. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. what? It's like I, like did you see the comedy? Do you ever hear the movie The Comedy? No. God, that's it's a brutal movie, but highly recommended. They're both in it. It's more Tim than Tim and Eric, but Eric shows up for like a little part in it, and so I mean, does but, and so does the the main guy from LCD Sound System. Oh, something. okay. I mean, I, I love I love Tim Heidecker stuff, anyways, because he like his. Have you ever seen his like stand up? His anti comedy. Oh, it's great. Yeah, of course. Like that's the that's the humor that that I'm like, yeah, like I'm here for. Like I would go enjoy the shit out of that at like, if he was like doing something at the comedy cellar, like I would die to see that. Oh yeah, of course. Well, it's cause you understand the vibe he's coming from. So you, you can lock into whatever he's, tr- it's not easy, but it's easier for someone that knows his work to, to lock in and whatever he's trying to go for. Yeah. Cause everything, know. everything they do is super conceptual and yes. shit like that. Hundo. Um, cool. Well, Should we move on. Anyway, you should watch <laughs> Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, a fantastic movie. Uh, considered more of a psychological thriller, just like uh, you know, it's a movie that really holds up. You'll you'll and you you might find yourself laughing at inappropriate moments, but but that's okay. But it, it's hard to tell if that it was supposed to be more serious at the time or if it was actually supposed to be funny. I don't know, yeah. but I was laughing at parts that were supposed to be horrifying so there you so there you go and it's up on youtube and it's up on youtube so go find it before the man figures it out and uh but if if you don't well rent it for like three dollars it's an old movie it won't be that expensive yeah (laughs) get dingus bam all right so i'm actually uh this next one like i said kind of everything's kind of playing into this music thing uh Believe it or not, when this guy came up, I was like, "Holy shit!" I think this I don't is know one. This. I think this is one of my uh, like our clients at work. Like I've oh. seen his name pop up uh-huh. because um, my my work where I work, I won't d- d- I won't disclose whatever for whatever reasons. Yeah. But we're like one of the biggest reggae and reggaeton catalogs in the world. I think re- reggaeton is a silly genre, personally. You know. So okay. Anyways, for those of you that can't see, uh, I, I'm, I'm well. Maybe I'm you should getting... tell everyone who we're talking about. So we're talking about this guy, this this uh, PKA, as they say, the performer known as Don Chizina, or he was born as Ricardo Garcia Ortez, and he's a singer, producer, and talent scout of rap, reggaeton, uh, reggae, and reggaeton music. He is he is known for his high nasal voice, fast rapping along to his most famous song, Tra Tra Tra, which be, which in 1988 became the first reggaeton song to become popular in the United States. So he's kind of like this pioneer of reggaeton, and for those of you that don't know what reggaeton is, and if you've if you've lived anywhere, just think of Daddy Yankee. Yes, I was just gonna say that he's the first one I think of. So it's you're literally like sitting in your apartment or your house. It's the middle of the night. You're not doing anything, and someone aggressively goes by, going boom, that's all reggaeton. Yeah. So like it's, yeah, reggaeton is now one of the most actually, 
I'll go just check into reggaeton a little bit because it's actually one of the most uh, pop, now one of the most popular music genres in the United States. And it's not to be confused with reggae because it is actually different. It's and why it's so popular in, in New York is because it's, Puerto, it's from Puerto Rico and there's still a huge population of Puerto Rican people that live in New York City because that's like, you know, just it's important. Um, so, I mean, I don't have to go super far into it, but this is, it's, it's just a Spanish-speaking um, style of music from the Caribbean. Because for those of you that don't know, Puerto Rico is in the Caribbean. And it is, unfortunately, like a protectorate of the United States, but not a colony, but not a state. And it's very sad. And it all comes, and it's very similar to, like, dance hall, which I know everybody, like, basically, like, shaggy stuff. Like, this yeah. is... Reggaeton is what comes out of Shaggy. Yeah, it start, yeah, well, it started with, well, first it starts with reggae, and then it goes to dancehall, and then it turns yeah. into reggaeton. Because like dancehall dance was more like the tougher, more clubby version of what reggae became. Because yes. it became more of like a, because it went from like, kind of like, you know, hippies and whoever loving it to more like gangster type yeah. of shit. So, uh, so then eventually, I think a more pop version turned into what became reggaeton. What, yeah, exactly. And what really, what really did it was, you know, like, if, if you really want to think before, besides Daddy Yankee, like, Despacito, like, yeah. that song is still kind of a banger. Like, I, if I listen to it sober, I'm like, whatever. But if I'm kind of drunk, I'm like, okay, I know this song. <laughs> and that, that is actually moving slowly into, like, Latin trap, for those of you that don't know what yeah. trap music is. I mean, you can go well, down the Yeah, because reggaeton kind of takes dance hall and adds a yep. little bit more of a Latin element to it because it, yes. it says it's uh, from Puerto Rico. So that makes sense. Exactly. So I will... Oh, that's so funny. You, Daddy Yankee. So we're just going to give a really quick <laughs> etymology. The word reg reggaeton formed the word reggae plus the augmented suffix like tone was first used in 1994 when Daddy Yankee and DJ Play Playero used it on the album Playero 36 to describe this new underground genre emerging from Puerto Rico that synthesized hip-hop and reggae rhythms with Spanish rapping and singing. So basically everything we just said, we, I didn't even look at the etymology until now. So it, it's, you know it if you've heard it. If you don't know what reggaeton is, I mean, I guess I can, I guess I can kind of... You'll you'll you know what you'll hear it in the edit. You'll hear a little reggaeton in the background. And you'll hear it if you go if you'll you'll hear it if you go to any bar ever because it's yeah. popular enough now. I think what you, you probably know what it is, but don't yeah. know the name for it. It's, so just you just listen, just look it up. Just look up literally like, Daddy Yankee and what yep. that that's what that is. I I don't know if I can recommend anything more further from our artist Don Chizina. Yeah, I'm not doing um, that. But, uh, so I will actually go to my, my third one because I think my third one is kind of funny and it's the last music music one. It's um, Oddballs. It's a comedy album from the Bob, the Bob and Tom Show, which was, the fir which was first released in October 2004. And it's a double disc CD that represents original material recording during their syndicated daily radio show and other studio numbers which had not been previously presented on air. Who's so Bob I've, and Tom? I know, I have never heard of these people. I think they're shock jocks. Let's just check out That's the Bob sounds, and Tom Show. That sounds right. The Bob and Tom Show is a syndicated U.S. US radio program established by Bob Cavoyan and Tim Griswold in Indianapolis, March uh, 1983, and continued until 1995. So, yeah, comedy, satire, talk genre. 
Okay. So these so these guys were like the early sloppy boys. I love the sloppy boys. Mm. Mm. So I don't really need to go super further into that other than I was like, man, I can't believe they did a show for a long time. And then to make a comedy album a like almost a decade later. Yeah. I've never heard of these people ever. For the for anyone no. who's ever listened, you know. Oh, but oh, but check this out. They they had a ton of like comedians who came onto their show back in the day. They had oh, Ellen DeGeneres, cool. Drew Carey, Louis C.K., Jim Gaffigan, Daniel Tosh, George Lopez, uh, Brad Garrett, Ron White, Tim Allen, Boo, Tim Allen. Well, I saw there was one name that you skipped, but I know why. <laughs> um, whatever, we'll move on. <laughs> I don't even want to bring it up because it just—it's not tasteful. No, it's very sad. Ooh, um, ooh, but ooh, 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 ooh. that's my Tim Allen impression. So basically, <laughs> like, check this shit out. They have each album has, or each CD has, like thirty-five fucking tracks of this like comedy. Why? Have these shock jocks basically from the Midwest. Like, I'm yeah. really curious to check this out. I should Very have checked specific. it out beforehand. Yep. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if I can recommend it. I might check out some of the stuff and like, and I might listen to like a few things, see if I think it's funny or if it stands up. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if it's uh, they if it's good, come- you'll hear a sample of it. If it's bad, you won't hear a sample of it. And you you, uh, you might even see a post about it being like, check out Oddballs, it's great. Or like, don't check it out because Pancake Hooters. I don't know what that is, but that only sounds funny, I guess. Well, I assume that means Hooters, except instead of Wings, they sell pancakes. Bam. Like, so, like Hooters for breakfast. That actually, <laughs> it's, not, it's not just for lunch anymore. You know, the, I don't think anything is sadder than going to Hooters, but then going to Any time of day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then doing it for breakfast. That's yeah. That is the sadder version of that. I mean, it's like I don't. I don't think I've ever been to a good Hooters before, and I've been to many. Uh, I've only <laughs> I've only been to two, but one was good. I used I um for a summer uh, got some uh, college credit going to Penn State for the summer it was also it was before college and you get three college credits and like sat shit anyway my dorm room that i was staying was literally across the street from hooters so every week it was someone's birthday literally every week it was and and we're just like 17 year old horny boys hey hey this is you're 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 talking you're speaking our language right now I mean, I know, I know this isn't the Doughboys, but if I had to rate it, I'd give it like a three point five out of yeah, it's out of fine. Five. It's the fine. Wings, the it, dep- it just depends. Honestly, it really depends because, like, I've been the one that I went to there. It was really good, but then I went to one in I don't know somewhere, whatever hotel I was staying at, at in Atlantic City, and it was and it was Ugh. just bad. So because it felt like the restaurant version versus like the airport version of it. You know what I mean? God, That's kind of what it felt. Nothing preps me more for for a four hour plane ride than some some boobs and some nachos that'll give me the shits halfway through my flight. Thanks, Hooters. Perfect boners and shits. That's my favorite. <laughs> Two favorite things. <laughs> Multitask, baby. Scatology. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Uh, so I guess I'll go with my my music article I have for today. Uh, I don't know if you know this guy, but I love him. Serge Gainsbourg. Have you ever heard of him? 
I have not heard of this person. So he, so he also has a, a famous daughter. Her name is Charlotte Gainsbourg. She's sure. been in a bunch of movies, especially she's been in Antichrist and The Science of Sleep, and uh, uh, I think she was, was she also in. She, I think she was also in the Nymphomaniac movie that Lars von Trier did. Anyway, sure. Serge Gainsbourg, he was known basically as like a, a sexy French pop musician uh, from... Sure. He, he like, I guess, started in the 60s. Uh, he was known uh, for his work with Jazz, Chanson. So I looked up Chanson. Chanson just means like uh, French music. It actually... Chanson just means music, but it really is referring to like uh, traditional French music. And then there's Ye Ye, which is uh, French pop music from the 60s. Because, like, in like early rock and roll, there was always, like, chanting, and their thing was, like, and say, yeah, yeah, it's Ye Ye. So, mm-hmm. so that would show up a lot in a lot of those songs. And he would later mix funk, rock, reggae, and electronic stuff. Uh, he was known for his wordplay, his sophisticated rhymes, Mon Green, Anima, Pia, Spoonerism, uh, Diasporism, uh, <laughs> Paraprodokian and pun. It really just means a lot of these are just how he plays around with the words, either whether it's syllables or taking a common phrase and changing it a little and it gives a whole new meaning. Um, You know, I've really never even heard of... I mean... I actually had to look at almost all of these to really understand what they mean. Like, like Mon Green means... uh, Mishearing or misinterpreting a phrase to give it a new meaning. Oh, okay. But a lot of these are just like like specific fancy words for things that you that people do, but like you know you just don't know the name of them. So like spoonerism is an error in speech corresponding with consonants, vowels, uh, and the like. Um, Oh, that's like that's like when we that's like when we say something and then slur the words together and make a new word. Exactly. Uh, Well, spoonerism. Well, that. That that's I guess I guess that's true because that's uh, called being a having a portmanteau. Yes, we is, also do that too. Uh, there's also dicephorism, which means an expression with connotations that are often offensive either to the subject matter sure. or the audience. Well, he was a very controversial figure just because he was all about. He was just like literally like the sex figure of ah. the sixties. Hey, um, good. Oh Get yeah, because he was mainly known. Um, because not only did he write music, like he was a, a solo musician, he also wrote. He was like a, a whatever pop French like uh, producer. Mm-hmm. So he uh, he had a brief but argent love affair with Bridget Bardot, who is goddamn beautiful. Um, oh really yes, know I know. She is. I do know. Uh, she ha- she has the was it Manje Jue? That's like a really famous song. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know her. Uh, so he de- dedicated. Um, the song and the album called Initials BB, which is a very good album. Mm-hmm. He also initially composed this other song called uh, Je t'aime mon non plus, uh, which was actually for Bardo, but she was married at the time and pleaded him not to release it. And oh. uh, I think it ended up it ended up on just like another one of his albums, just not that one. Uh, he also fell in love with uh, a young English singer and actress, Jane Birkin. Uh, while they were working on a movie together, and they they were in a relationship basically for the next decade. Nice. Um, and the album that they did together is absolutely great. It's I think it, it's just called uh, Jane Birkin and Serge Gainsbourg, and it's just this black cover. It just has her face on it, 
mm-hmm. it's 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 a great album um yeah so like yeah his if you just look him up he he's just he's just like the definition of a sexy french person he hey, may not like be it. totally the most beautiful looking person but you feel like he has like a suaveness to even being like you know a little like you know not totally the most beautiful looking man um he he was also uh, a proven influence on the band Air, Jarvis Cocker, Beck, and Dan the Automator. Oh, uh, Dan the Automator. Yeah. Huh. Well, there there's actually so I was gonna bring up there's a particular album that is influenced by him. Uh, mm-hmm. So he did this group. They're called Lovage. They only have one okay. album. It's fucking amazing. It's yeah. Dan the Automator and um and uh, Mike Patton. Do you know the band Mr. Bungle? Uh, he he's also done a zillion mm. other vocal things, but Mr. Bungle sure, was, sure. was one of his biggest things. Um, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and he also had this girl singer, and basically it was like it's like the perfect trip hop album. It's just a sexy, ah. sexy down tempo, just oh, it's so good. And it's called "Music to Make Love to Your Old Lady" by. by oh, Lovage. I ha- yes, I do have, I do, I do know who, I do know what you're talking. My Absolutely, friend made me that's a trip definitely hop playlist. Good. Yeah. yeah, that. I love that album front to back. That's a perfect album. Yeah, and I'm kind of sad that they didn't have another album, but you know, it's hey. kind of nice that if it's just like one and perfect, like you know, for sure, it's better hey. than nothing. Well, that's new. Well, that's new. So uh, uh, I might as well, since you did two um, two things, I'll do another uh, another article. Unless you have yeah. any more, do you have any more? I, I, I have or one, but it's at? like I have one, but it's like it's nothing crazy. I you know, it's like sometimes I'm like you know, I I just want to give out some knowledge, and I, I felt like I did a good job of of at least conflating two kind of smaller mm-hmm. uh, things. So then I'm gonna just talk about this other thing. I I. Uh, another movie. Um, so this movie is called Shallow Grave. Ooh. Uh, have, you, have you ever heard of this movie? No, sir. Oh, it has Ewan McGregor? So it's, <gasps> it's Danny Boyle's first movie. So Danny Boyle, Whoa. he goes on to make Train Spotting, Slumdog yep. Millionaire. He I made mean, the movie brilliant. yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. Train Spotting is one of my favorite movies. I agree. That's a great movie. Oh, also, Sunshine and 28 Days Later. Uh, yes. Both fantastic movies. Also, both those movies were written by the to-be-famous Alex Garland, who would go on to mm-hmm. direct and write Ex Machina and Annihilation yep. and the TV show Devs. Anyway. Man, let uh, me we'll, tell you, 28 Days Later, I, I think is I just saw that. Five. It's great. Yeah. Great movie. I'm so sad top, I didn't watch, watch it sooner. It's definitely top five horror movie that just like in, in my in my list of things I could watch a million times mm-hmm. horror wise. Twenty eight days later well, and John. Killian Jake. Uh, what's his name? Killian Murphy. S- Killian, Killian Murphy. Murphy. Yeah, Killian Murphy. Cillian Murphy. Whatever. That sexy motherfucker. He is yeah. worth whatever you get to watch him in. But he is so good. Everyone is so good in that movie. Yeah, uh, I, so, I agree. So I'm gonna get back to Shallow Grave. So it's his first no. movie. Uh, and it's, <clears throat> so it's three people. I know. I know the other. Uh, so the main guy is Ewan McGregor. The other guy is Christopher Elkston. So he was also oh, he was 20- a Doctor Who. He was also yes, and he was also. This is actually his his first role in a movie, uh, which I found really out. yeah. Uh, and same thing with Ewan McGregor. This was like their first like movie debuts, and uh, it's Danny Boyle's yeah. first movie. And he also would end up in Twenty Eight Days Later as the um, guy that ran the army that they meet. 
near, that's near the last right. third of the movie. He's also been yeah. in a bunch of other things, but that's like the main thing that I know him from personally. Uh, he's also in I Thor mean, Dark World. Uh, he's in... He's, I mean, he's, he's, a, a, he's, he's, a, he's no. got a thick filmography, but, oh, he's it's, also in Existence. Yeah. I love that movie. That's such a fucked up, uh, weird Cronenberg movie. What's going on? I can't, I can't move my legs. The procedure comes with its own epidural, just like when you have a baby. But that's all. You know, I, I, I do, I do think that, that the way that they did the Doctor Who, they made him the ninth Doctor, and mm-hmm. I loved him so much that, like, when they switched over to David Tennant, and then David Tennant was, like, the best Doctor, I was like, all right, you got me, dumb show. <laughs> Um, so, so let's get back to this movie. So one one thing I love about it is that the direction of it, it, you could feel like a lot of the visuals, man, this guy, I can't believe he's just got the power of a director right from his first movie. Like Mm. the acting's great. The the cinematography is great. Uh, the, the set design looks beautiful. So it's basically about these guys. It's these three roommates and they're very different people, but you know, they're all friends and they need a fourth roommate and they finally get this guy and it's kind of shady, but you know, whatever they need a fourth roommate. And then sure. the next day they find him and he's naked and dead in his bed next to his giant, uh, next to his briefcase that's filled with money. So then, they, so then they have to figure out what to do uh, after that. And oh let's just God. say they take, they take a dark choice. It's oh like God. a really great dark, um, it's a dark comedy, but it feels more like a, a horror movie than it being funny. But there's definitely a lot of funny parts um, to it. Lots of really good lines, but uh, I highly recommend it. It's a, it's just a phenomenal movie with a great cast. And uh, I just don't want to give away too much, even though it's sure. like uh, over 20 years old. Um doesn't mean, I mean you shouldn't I, see it. It's a yeah. Where, I mean, where it's Danny Boyle? If you like Train Spotting, yeah. If you like dark comedies, honestly, it's like I when I was watching this, I thought this movie was unbelievable, especially because it's this guy's first movie. He's like got the chops right from the beginning, That's and he even has really good like these little weird dream sequences that you'll kind of see in Train Spotting. You've seen Train Spotting, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so there's like kind of a not a similar scene, but they use like a similar baby that happened, mm-hmm. like in Train Spy when the when uh, Hugh McGregor's losing his mind from getting yeah, yeah, yeah. getting sober, he's the baby like crawling on the roof. I feel like they use the same baby in this <laughs> movie, like an animatronic one. Uh, but yeah, anyway, great movie, highly recommend it. Um, where where can where can our listeners uh, watch it? I think I. This is actually another one I happen to also find on YouTube, but hey. um, but but uh, you know if it's not there by the time you see this, uh, I go rent it. It won't be that again. Won't be that expensive because it's an old movie that most people haven't heard of. But uh, I'm I, I was just blown away by this movie. I heard I hadn't really heard of it until I listened to uh, Mark Marin talk about it on. Uh, no, Mark Madden talked about with Danny Boyle, and Danny uh. Boyle said it was one of his favorite movies, and it was his first movie. Um, highly recommend it. Uh, the guy that wrote it uh, also wrote the uh, screenplay to Train Spotting, A Lifeless Ordinary, uh, The Beach, mm. and a movie That's called a Alien Love Triangle. Um, I mean, 
sexy. <laughs> I mean, sure. I've heard of The Beach before. I heard that was a good movie. Yeah. Oh, it was also a Danny Boyle movie. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, that all makes sense. That yeah, as uh, Leo, Leo's in it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Leo and uh, I also saw Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton. I'll, yeah. I'll almost watch anything Tilda Swinton's in. I love that I, she, he, she can even pull it off in like a mainstream movie like Doctor Strange. She plays uh, whatever, that Oracle person. Oh, yeah. She was great. She was uh, great. Yeah. Yeah. She's um, killing it. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we could bring this to a close because uh, I have another article, but we could wait until next time. Yeah, you same. did all yours. Uh, I mean, I, sorry, this is, this is a shorter episode, but hey, it's all about that quality, baby. And we got you a lot of uh, a lot of music, a lot of film. I yep. mean, we're giving you stuff to listen to, you, you dinguses. Just just watch it, and then also uh, listen to it, and yes. then um, yeah, that's it. All right. Well, uh, I'm signing off. This is Aaron, and well, I love I, you. And well, you uh, check, learn you can, shit. You can check Aaron out at Aaron underscore Hockman underscore at Instagram. Yep, that's Instagram. You can check me at uh, uh, at Grau underscore music. And then you can check our socials uh, at, well, that's new underscore. That's for Instagram. And that's then, for Instagram. And for Twitter, which we haven't, we started at Twitter. We haven't put anything up on it, but it's just, well, that's new, no underscore, no nothing. I think uh, we should but, just put, like, post beans all the time, just like different types of beans. Sure. I mean, that's the content that I live for, bean content. Uh, be- bean me up, Scotty. <laughs> um, so, all right. So we're signing off. Have a great day. I'm I'm Aaron. I'm Mr. Bitches. And be good. Be well. Be well. And uh, well, learn something, you dingus. You dingus.